0: Hey, buddy.
2: Hey, dude. How are you?
0: So good. So good. Well, huh. I say so good, but like I look outside and California is burning down around me right now.
2: Is that like the new... But that's like normal now. Like yeah, it's, it's just... It's, we're yeah. so used to it but now.
0: It sucks because it's, it's close again. Like I get it. This is like one of the things that happens when you live in California. We get fires and earthquakes. And then again, I look at... This is just 2020. I mean, the, you know, what we what is it? The hurricane? You know how they go through the list of names? They go through like man, woman, man, woman. They've yeah. literally gone through all the names twice. They're on Zeus right now. <laughs> like there, <laughs> there's nothing left. To, like we've gone through the names, and I'm like, this is so 2020 to just be like a shit show and a half of a year.
2: So when you go outside right now, can you smell the fire? Oh Do God, you breathe yeah. it in?
0: Oh, it's awful, dude.
2: Really? And then once it's all put out, how long does it take for it to all kind of the air to clear up a little bit?
0: uh, The air will clear up, but it'll still smell like fire if you're around a fire area. But like the big clouds of smoke will go away, you know, pretty quickly, especially if the wind keeps up, that wind will blow it out real soon. But like, uh, you know, I, I just... I feel bad for like the people that are affecting because I've been literally in the front line of it before where, you know, was feet away from our house. And so thank God we're not in that situation. But like last night I was we live up in kind of like a hilly area and we overlook this valley and the hillside across from us uh, was just all up in flames. So like there were helicopters, we have this reservoir right next to our house, the helicopters are dipping in, grabbing water, taking it over to the hills, these big like jumbo jets that drop like that red uh, flame yeah. retardant, they were flying over, um, but literally at night the sun starts to set and it's just like the whole hillside was lit up in just this like fiery red, and it, the weird part is it looks beautiful, but you're like... It's totally fucked up, you know, like it, yeah. it's like a, a disaster. But it looked this the whole ridgeline was just lit up in fire.
2: So when the planes come and drop the that stuff off, does it leave like is it a mess? Have you gotten hit with it by any chance? Have you seen on your clothes? It, like yeah your car so it, or?
0: it leaves like this. I mean, it's like a red liquid. Well, not even liquid. It's more like a, a foam ish kind of stuff. So yes, they it was all over like our driveway and stuff during the last ones. Um but it cleans up, it goes away.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um jeez man, we don't have those issues on the East Coast. All we have is Antifa. So it's not as bad. <laughs> so you know twice that's what's going on worse. in Philly. Yeah, so I don't know, I don't know what I'd rather have right now. Like know. it's I wasn't in New York City this past Sunday, but there was a rally or protest going on. It's just fights everywhere. But I never, you know, I never really have any issues with that. I'm just kind of, I'm in my own bubble in are the, you, uh, are you in the so Upper you so ready side.
0: for this, like, vote to be over election? I I'm know, so dude. It's so
2: it. annoying. Like, I'm so the, bored.
0: The amount of phone call, like, text messages that I get for people like, vote for this person, vote for this person, and then just all the presidential stuff and all the, like, the props – I, it's like every time that a, a big election coming up, I'm like ready for it to be
2: done. I know. What a great start to the podcast, by the way. Just me and you <laughs> venting about the bad shit that's going on in each other's lives right now. This is this a great start to Whoa. the uh, Entertainment News podcast. We got a great guest today, uh, Entertainment News reporter Ali Politi on the podcast today. She's an interesting person. And we have like celebrities on the podcast, but we also have people that are journalists and people that break stories in the entertainment news world. And people like this are some of the the ones that we get the biggest feedback on. People are very interested in their stories. Uh, because,
0: because you know why? Because no one's talking to them. Like when yeah. I worked at Team C, no one's calling me up to say, hey, how did it go down? What was it like? What's your biggest encounter? And and we've gotten a lot of, like you said, gems out of these people because they're interesting and they're not protecting the celeb. They're just telling the stories as it is.
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting field. But before we get to Allie... We run one of the easiest contests out there. The best way to support us is leave a review. You leave us a good review and a great comment. And if you do that, that's the best way to support us. And if you do that, you can win a prize. Thanks to our friends at Sun River Botanicals. It's one of the best CBD companies out there. If you're into the CBD products, check out Sun River Botanicals on Instagram. Uh, they are based on the West Coast. And I got to be honest with you, I just got into it. They, they reached out to us and I tried out their products and I loved it. Um, so if you're into CBD, check out Sun River Botanicals. Sun River Botanicals. And if you leave a review, you could win a prize, a $360 prize, thanks to our friends over there. Um, and every week we read out, Dax calls out a review out of random. And if we call you out, you could get a prize. And if we call out your name, just DM me, and I will uh, make sure. Uh, you get that prize dax who's this week's winner
0: this week's winner is amy joe 22. she uh, left a comment saying don't miss the commercials The comment goes on to say, fun and entertaining interviews. Well, I said that really fast. I apologize. Fun (laughs) and entertaining interviews, but don't fast forward the commercials. I was mowing my lawn. I had to stop, fall to my knees, laughing so hard at Dax and Adam talking about man care, shaving down under. Hope you guys keep up the entertaining podcast and the commercials up as well. And then a bunch of smiley faces. Five stars that we got. So I like that... uh, She was mowing her lawn, if you know what I'm saying, while we're talking about manscapes.
2: (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Um, So, Amy, uh, DM me on social media on any platform and find me, and I'm going to make sure you get hooked up. Thanks to our friends at Sun River Botanicals, and all you got to do is leave a review, a good one, and we'll call out your name, probably, maybe, possibly random, and you could win a a pretty cool prize. And good news
0: is we've got a a commercial coming up pretty soon, too.
2: Yes, We do. (laughs) Yes, we do.
0: So listen to it. We we switched it up.
2: <laughs> Dax, tell us about our guest today. Uh so our guest today
0: is a very accomplished entertainment reporter working for outlets such as Us Weekly, OK Magazine, Hello Magazine, Ola uh, magazine, and has broken countless stories. So Ali Politti, welcome to the podcast. We're
2: excited to have you. You went to school at Penn State. Where you know you went for journalism. What did you want to do exactly when you went to Penn State?
1: Honestly, I always knew even in high school that I wanted to go into journalism. My mom would always say, please just be a teacher, go into nursing. Nursing is where the money is now more so than ever. Yeah, but um, I just had this passion for writing and just storytelling, more so the storytelling part. So I freshman year majored in journalism right off the bat and focused on that. And then I'd say, I would always sit with, like, my sorority sisters. One of our friends, would; her mom would send us, like, all the weeklies. We would get, like, months of weeklies at a time. And even she would throw in the Inquirer, and I'd go, Ash, like, we can't read that. And she's like, no, there's always an ounce of truth in it. I promise you. My mom is, like, a faithful Inquirer reader. And we would sit in her room, four of us. We weren't allowed to talk until we each read every single one from that week. And then you start to see, like, The photos look the same, just the captions are a little different, all the same stories, just a little bit of different sourcing. And so I guess I've always loved celeb journalism. And then it just kind of worked out that that was my first job out the gate working for OK Magazine when they launched here.
2: How did you get that job?
1: Um, so I do believe it's a lot of like who, you know, to help open doors and my mom's best friend from growing up and college her daughter was a travel publicist so she was talking to the travel editor Jackie who's now at Travel and Leisure the editor-in-chief and she was just like hey do you know anyone we're looking for an editorial assistant and Gina said oh I have this girl Allie she's just out of college and I was interning at the time for BizBash, which was more like a trade publication for events And I went in for the interview with Martin and I did not get the job. So I was like, oh, bummer, because he wanted someone more to do like book reviews and like just movie reviews. And I was like, that's not me. And so I'd say like two or three months later, I get a phone call. I actually will never forget this. I was watching Oprah Winfrey with Ricky Martin and they were talking about sex trafficking children. And I'm like crying, watching this episode, and all of a sudden I get a 212 number, it's Martin Short, and he says, hi, you know, the other editorial assistant didn't pan out, we'd love to give you a try. And I'm like, ah, Like happy tears, he's like, are you crying? I was like, no, 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 I'm not, it's just, you know, happy. Um, and then so I went in, like a freelance, I feel like it's very common in our industry to start as like a permalance. So I did that, and then I stuck. And a few months after, so I was the editor in chief to Sarah or the editorial assistant to Sarah Ivins, who was the editor in chief at the time. And then Jen, who I was telling you guys about, she was a society editor. So I would see her going to like all these fabulous parties. And I'm like, wait, I want to do that. You know, I was living at home in Jersey. Adam, you and I are lived, grew up very close to each other. Um, and I was commuting, but I would say yes to everything. Like, literally any red carpet, any event, I've covered, you know, a Black Eyed Peas album launch, Britney Spears' birthday at 10 June. And I would run to Lord & Taylor because it was right across our office, and I would get clothes for the night. And then I would just kind of couch surf from, like, all of my friends, and they would be my plus ones as, like, their benefit for me staying over. And it just kind of progressed from there. I kind of just never... I always tell everybody: say yes to everything.
0: Back in the day, when you first started, uh, I'm curious: were you having to enterprise your own stories, or were they kind of feeding you stories to work on?
1: I, in, with OK, I'd say a lot of it was just me being out and about and just talking to people. You know, I feel like a lot of my sources and people that I dealt with were just by having conversations or a friend of a friend, and then. You develop that trust with somebody and it just flourished from there. More so at Us Weekly, a lot of it was, you know, the bigger stories that we all contributed to, like the Woods or I'll never forget, I was in Miami covering New Year's one year and I got a phone call saying you can either go to the Bahamas or you can go to Ocala, Florida, but John Travolta's son passed away. So that was kind of like a pivot from a week of hitting the clubs to hit the ground running and get more context about the type of family that they were.
0: A lot of that sounds really similar. I don't know about you Adam, but like that sounds very similar to the way I got into the industry as well. Like just saying yes to go to every party, every red carpet, what can I work on, meeting people out as we Oh, my son's interrupting. <laughs> Hello. Good job, buddy. That's great. <laughs> So many fires in Orange County right now that all the schools are closed again. Thank- so first COVID, oh now gosh. fires. So that's why we've got kids. Um, no, just in regards to you meet as many people as you can because being green in the industry, it's like people are looking at you like, what are you going to yeah. bring to the table? There's all these seasoned reporters, so what are you going to bring? So you're just sitting there at a, at every event looking around being like, what the hell story am I bringing back tonight? Because i got to bring something back. If I don't bring anything back then they're not going to send me out. Anymore. Totally. And I
1: also think in the beginning, it was definitely a lot more red carpets. And then as my career progressed, I would cover the bigger stuff, but I would then send, cause I never wanted to, I always thought it was important to managing to give everybody the opportunity to have that experience. You know, now I feel like, so my last job, I was at hello and Ola, and it was more of a digital site. So these, the writers were sitting at a desk all day so I would encourage them like guys cover this red carpet we let's get original content let's here's this event and I always said like go 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 you know plus I didn't really I was overdoing the red carpets I've been doing this for 15 years but I thought that the experience to add something to their resume not just writing would help
0: them as well. All right, so let's take a quick break. We need to talk about support for the Hollywood Raw podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Adam, you ever cut your balls while trimming up, buddy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's uh. That's such a ridiculous question, but it's actually a very fair question. I have. I think a lot of guys have. If you I've been trimming ever since I've started getting hair down there and I've used everything. I've used blades, I've used the buzzers that you use for your head and for your face. And I'm telling you, I've I have i am pretty marked up down there. It looks like a <laughs> hockey player down there. But uh to be honest with you, dude, ever since I used manscaped, I have like textbook testicles right now. It's beautiful. They hooked us up and It's a good product. I like it. And they're a third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And one of
0: the coolest things is because they actually sent us these trimmers to test out. They're waterproof, so they've got this waterproof technology that allows you to groom in the shower. It's really dope.
2: And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. So there
0: you go. You can trim in the dark. All right, and if you're listening to me speak right now. I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Adam, tell them what the offer is.
2: Get 20% off and free shipping with code Hollywood at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Hollywood. Your balls
0: will thank you. All right, where were we?
2: Do you think you could actually break, like those people that are just behind the desk all day. Do you think they could accurately, accurately break a story behind a desk or do they need to be in the field to really get the... The this the the real juice the real to get the real story out there.
1: Well, I think human like person to person is always going to get you more than email. Like I remember when Twitter started, and we would use Twitter to kind of get the reporting. Um, and I would have to DM or send messages on Twitter, like "Hey, saw you were at such and such. Would love to talk." And sometimes that there was a bite, and other times they were like, "Okay, psycho." <laughs> <laughs>
0: so true what was like what was one of those moments or like nights that you were at a party that something happened that like has kind of ingrained in your memory since then
1: oh my gosh I was actually trying to think about this because I find I have the worst memory ever but I think one of the most recent ones was the Harper's Bazaar party with Cardi B and Nicki Minaj Oh, you were there? Uh-huh. I we're was there. Were at the shoe
0: flying incident?
1: The shoe flying incident. I was inside talking to a couple friends, and I remember Shay Mitchell coming up, because I was with one of her friends, and just being like, oh my god, wait, what's going on? Like, all of the sudden, like, I feel like, it, I forget who was performing at the time. Oh, maybe Christine Aguilera, but nobody was watching Christine Aguilera. It was just, everybody was just like, did you hear what just went down? Oh my god, did that really happen? I heard this, that. And I had uh, one of my writers, Tiana, one of my coworkers. she was on the carpet and she like witnessed it all. So I'm in the plaza. My service is spotty. So text messages keep coming in like a little at a time. I'm like, this really just happened. So that was one of the more recent ones. I feel like there's been nights when it was, you know, the 10 June days. I don't know how familiar you are with like the whole New York club scene, but just being out with, like, all of the Gossip Girl crew in the heyday of clubbing, I would be at the table with, like, Justin Timberlake, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, it would be Ryan Philippi And then the Gossip Girl kids at their table. Lohan. I mean, that was, like, when... And you are everybody... at
0: the table with them?
1: Yeah. I was, like, always, like, the fly on the wall. Like, the friends, <laughs> their entourage, like, knew who I was, but...
0: Because oh, so Leo's people are, like... Notoriously very guarded, so I gotta imagine like anyone that they don't recognize or like is in their crew, they're gonna have like their wall up.
1: Yeah, so it's it, impressive that they're also at the table. Probably like 20 girls that would always be at the tables, you know. And he would just sit there with his hat on and kind of just like not do much. Um, he's really quiet and just like would take in the music almost, like it wasn't. Like that's how yeah, well, I, you could
0: you could take in music at home. Why go to a club and wear a hat? Like that sounds so horrible and boring.
1: I guess that was the time. I don't know, just to get out. Um, and then like Lohan would be there. It was just a fun time to be in your twenties in New York. And I was out probably five nights a week. And then I'd roll to the office. I would always email my boss and just be like, "Hey, I'll be in at eleven. Um, And she always knew I would have fun stories to go with it. Uh, And then, and a lot of times it wasn't necessarily like something scandalous would go down. You know, it would just be people hanging in a club as if it were the three of us in a club hanging. But it was those relationships that I built because they could trust me to not really, I was never in the game for the gotcha. You know, like I never wanted to just kind of screw anyone over. And if I gave somebody my word that I was just there like hanging for myself cuz what 25-year-old wouldn't want to be out um they they trusted me and i think that that has gotten me really far in my career by having that trust
0: What's yeah. it like parting with Lindsay Lohan?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, she I would always be like bouncing bet- between tables and she was fine. I mean, you know, I feel like back in the day there are those she would be like I'm not drinking and it's like okay
0: you know as she's drinking out of a bottle you mean yeah (laughs) but was she was she like a dancer was she just awkward Lindsay standing there or no what what was it like really come on i'm trying to live vicariously through you right now
1: she's a really cool girl like she i'm thinking this was probably a decade ago if not more um but just like a fun girl who wanted to be out in the scene and would be with her friends. And she really would just stick with her friends. And that was it. I was never, like, I, again, I say I was like the fly on the wall that was kind of like there, but not always a part, like not a part of it. But, and then I would run into some other, you know, gossip reporters. And then we would hang. And then that was it.
2: I remember seeing uh, Leo in the club. And it's so interesting because he wears hat and he's very kind of recognizable because the way he wears his hat. Um, and you feel like every single girl would try to like, they everyone knew where he was at all times. And they'd always like try to act like they were too cool for it, but they'd always kind of glance at him every like 20 seconds. So like, where's he at now? And every, tr- every girl would try to get like their, their 10 seconds with him, just to try to see if they could get him. And it was, it was like the, it was like the club version of the bachelor, very fast paced and like, just see if a girl could get him. It was just very very interesting but very guarded the people around them are very guarded how was you know, and again i was around during the gossip girl like towards like the end of it and it was interesting seeing like pen and blake because at the time they were they were together dax this is a crazy story I, I was a sunday night i was Sorry, in a bodega can I ask a question
0: you guys keep saying the gossip Girl. are we talking like the tv show gossip girl or is there something i'm missing here the tv
2: show Okay,
0: it was a big deal. Being LA person, I'm like, wait, am I missing? Like, what is Gossip Girl? Okay,
1: New York show for us. I mean, that was like, they were all around the same age as us. It was like they were out in out and about. It was the hottest show, Uh, so it was fun.
2: It's crazy because it was such a big show, but I've never seen one episode. Um, (laughs) It's uh,
1: that was the perfect time to binge watch that.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. But it's funny because I saw I was I remember a Sunday night I was at a bodega and it was like midnight and I was outside one of my comedy clubs and I ran into Penn and Blake in the bodega and I didn't even realize there was a paparazzi outside like looking back I'm like oh there's a paparazzi chasing him. but I remember running into my bodega I was like oh what's up guys and they said hi to me like they acted like they're like oh hey what's up like I think they were confused like do we know this guy I was like hey man I'm doing a comedy show around the corner you guys want to come and again it was like a midnight on a Sunday and they looked at each other like okay sure and they came with me to the comedy club around the corner and I just met them and they came to my show they watched it they're fun they're cool and that was it and then then they broke I can't up believe they actually after.
0: came I feel like that's a part like they must get invited to so many things so it's really impressive that they went with you
2: it was very random but it was just like nothing to do they're in the neighborhood and like, hey you guys want to see this comedy show I'm about to go up on stage you're like yeah sure we'll come by and check it out so, I want to ask you, did you so you you did a lot of the stakeouts for news stories, correct? Is that is that the worst or do you enjoy
1: it? That was the worst. I'll never forget my first day on the job. So, you want to look cute and you're just like, you know, I wore heels probably office, you're thinking magazine, got to look presentable and my boss was just like you have to go to Brooklyn and check out the studio where Madonna is filming uh, I think she was doing a music video and at the time I forget who she was dating or there was something that I had to try to get info on and I was just like what I have to go to Brooklyn like I I don't even I don't even think I've been to Brooklyn at this point um, and I was walking around like a you know stuck out with my heels and my little dress and just, like, walking around this, like, warehouse trying to find anybody to talk to me. Um, so, yeah, I never enjoyed that part. I was good at it, but I never enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, it's always the worst. I've done so many of the stakeouts, and you just, so many hours, a lot of times you're just wasting time and I remember for me, I would do stakeouts, and but guys, like you want to find that there's no information. Like this is not accurate stuff. But and I'm there and I'm dealing with a you know company based on the other side. I'm dealing with a company based on the other side of the country. I'm like, guys, you're not from here. I don't think you realize there's nothing going on over here. Like this is a
1: really good stakeout when Sandra Bullock my like we were convinced or somebody we were my boss was convinced that maybe she was dating her manny. So this was the time when budgets didn't count and she was just like all right Al you are gonna go to Anguilla we're gonna check you into the we're gonna check you into the Viceroy and the Viceroy was kind of more like a romantic getaway so she sent my coworker with me who was a guy and I was like all right I'll book us a two-bedroom suite it'll be fine I get there earlier and they were like oh Miss Politi uh Please come with me. Here's your room, blah, blah, blah. Oh, where's um, the guy who, where's your second guest? I was like, oh, he got held up at work. He'll be here tomorrow. Uh, so it's just me. So I'm like, oh my gosh, they caught me. They they did a background check. They know I work it up. Because <laughs> that's happened to a lot of reporters. Like yeah. they'll be somewhere and they get like escorted off um, out of the resort because they get caught. So I'm like, oh my gosh, here it goes. I'm just bracing myself. And then all of a sudden, in the golf cart, they pull me up to a five-bedroom villa. And what? here we're upgrading you. And I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, okay, thanks. So now I have this five-bedroom villa to myself for the night. They actually put me in closer proximity, unknown unbeknownst to them, to Sandra Bullock, who was staying in a different villa. So my job for that weekend was just to lay low and act like I'm just like a guest, to not ask any questions. If she checks out, I can ask questions to like other guests, but just kind of observe. So I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm such a sun worshiper.
0: So you got to lay by the pool and just like hang out?
1: Yes. And oh, and then, God. you know, dinners, she, they would be nearby. One time I was walking back to my villa and she was walking toward toward me. We all said hi. And so I'm like, this is great. And then my villa had a private pool. So I was able to like lay there and see if there was foot traffic coming from the beach side or from my front door. So I was like, this, this is probably the best experience ever. That in Cannes. Going to the Cannes Film Festival was pretty awesome, too.
0: But It's kind of crazy, honestly, because I didn't know. Like, listen, I worked for TMZ we didn't really do that at TMZ. So it's crazy to hear like a story like that. I just, I think it's fascinating. I, you know, I think a lot of people out there don't realize the lengths that, you know, that people go through to get these stories. And I think that's really interesting. You know, like, I think the one thing that may be considered a stakeout uh, that I've ever done was when Tom Cruise and Katie were having Surrey, And they sent me to the Scientology center here in LA Ooh. to see if that's where she was giving birth. And, uh, but that's, I guess that stakeout lasted about five seconds. Cause I parked and the Scientology people are like all over that building. So like the second you stop your car, they know you stopped your car out there and they came up to the window. Like, why are you here? Keep moving. Like, Nope, not going to happen. Like, say. get out of here. You
1: just like, oh, I'm looking for direction. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, cause it's in like a, a community where people live. So it's not like that unusual, but I think that me not getting out of the car, which kind of sparked some interest from them because they have cameras everywhere around the Scientology Center. And, um, and I was like, oh, I'm just I'm just pulled over. No big deal. And they were like, sorry, can't be got to keep going. And at that time, I didn't know that I could tell them, no, this is, I'm allowed to be here. So I was like, OK, <laughs> you know, and I had to move on. But I definitely didn't get to go to okay. some tropical location like you.
1: I definitely had a wasteful day where I think it was Jen Garner and Ben Affleck had one of their kids, maybe their first kid. And I think this was at my first job at OK. And they were just like, go stand outside Matt Damon's apartment and see if you can get a quote from him about his best friend having a baby. And I was just like, do we even know if Matt's in town? And so they were like, well, we'll find out. So it was winter. It was freezing. I was not dressed properly. So I would keep going across the street. I think there was a Starbucks there to like warm up and then go back outside because I did not want to miss him if he were there. And then I finally got a call being like, no, we found out he's not in town. I was like, cool. Great.
0: (laughs) So you just sat there?
1: Yeah. I was just walking back and forth on the sidewalk in New York.
2: I remember doing uh, Orlando Bloom after he just got divorced and from Miranda Kerr. And he was on Broadway at the time. And there was a bunch of paparazzi on the street. And there, everyone was at the corner. He lived in Tribeca at the time. And he just got divorced. It was a Friday. He just got divorced from Miranda Kerr. And all the paparazzi are at the corner of the street because we could see if he walked out of his apartment because it was a dead street if he left his building. we want Everyone didn't want to camp at, outside directly out of his apartment. But it's a big shot. And there is stories that... Orlando may have possibly had a relationship with someone. There were stories, remember Justin Bieber got in the way a little bit with Justin Bieber and Miranda Kerr, where they kind of got into a little bit of a fist fight. Yeah, and I remember I said, screw it. I'm just going to kind of go a little bit closer to the door. As all the paparazzi were waiting a little bit, like down the street, Like, and when I mean down the street, like 300 yards from the door, because we all figured, because the street was closed, so he had to walk down the street... No matter what he had to do, he had to walk down the street to get to his car. And all of a sudden, I got a phone call, do not ask Orlando Bloom about, like, Justin Bieber or, like, it was a weird phone call I got right before, and I just took a lap right down the street. As soon as I took a lap down the street, Orlando Bloom walked out the door, and I look behind me and all the paparazzi are just playing on their phones, not realizing that Orlando Bloom walked out. I'm like, holy shit, like this is this is huge. Like Orlando Bloom like basically just fell in my lap. So I whip out my camera and I I, I, but I start walking a little bit and act like I didn't see him and let him walk down. And then all of a sudden, last second I pull out my camera and I start talking to him. Orlando Bloom starts talking to me about the divorce, saying, you know, some very strong quotes saying, Hey, you know, we're always going to be friends. You know, she's one of my best friends. She's the uh, mother of my child and says some very big quotes. And I remember the paparazzi going, oh, shit. And they start running down the street. But I'm so far ahead that I got pretty much the whole interview. And then he got into his car and the paparazzi got nothing. But it was like – and I was so happy because it was ultimately a stakeout that only waited 45 minutes after everyone else was waiting there for about 12 hours. So it's pure oh. luck. Um is, but ali, when you when you have this trip like Anguilla or when they send you to Florida, no when you send these kind of trips, do you feel pressure that you need to produce something from a trip like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's where my fear and like my hatred toward that comes because i I know I always deliver. It's just the anxiety of you don't know, like going into uncharted territories. You know, I remember having to go, down to like Palm Beach and or first in Orlando. And then I'm going to go to Palm Beach for like a Tiger Woods um, situation back in that
0: fateful. What situation would that be like when Elan got a hold of some golf clubs or or what?
1: Thanksgiving. uh, (laughs) Um, And again, I think the most fun I've had is when I interview, you know, that's really where I've kind of moved my career to like I left all of that stuff in my Us Weekly okay days. And now it's the the telling the story from that person's perspective that I love most. And I think social media has also kind of curbed some of that hardcore investigative journalism, which a lot of people will always eye roll when they see those celeb news stories out there. But it really was, you know, finding a story. It just so happens that the subject was not, the presidential camp a candidate or fires or a crime like it was I truly learned so much through this career
0: do you ever um, get contacted by a celeb or a publicist that was upset with one of the stories that you've done because you've worked at some big places okay us hello I mean obviously it's going to get some eyeballs on it so did you ever get one of those calls
1: oh yeah but I, and that's the other thing I'm such a people pleaser that I hated like that would always make me nervous too but I do think I will say that we always verified and checked and made sure that we had at least three sources to corroborate a story and we always put each side in it so as much as we might think we were or have a really good story if a publicist said, that's not true on the record. We throw in, that's not true on the record. We never eliminated anything just to make ourselves look better.
2: How often do celebrities just try to reach out to be in the magazines, to reach to be in the sightings or something like that?
1: I think you have a wide like range of that. You know, I think you have some who are working actors who just want to focus on the craft and not really – play ball with the weeklies or now websites or aren't even really active on social media. And then you have those who say that they're not, that they don't want to play ball, but they really care. And they really kind of are reading those magazines, you know, regardless. And then you have some who just thrive on it and just love it. And I think as somebody accomplishes I don't know, one thing you always want more. So then they want to be featured more or like written about all the time. And when they're not written about, you almost feel like they, they go into like a depression. <laughs>
0: just... I got to imagine working at Us Weekly, you get to meet a lot of celebrities. It's just one of those brands that celebrities kind of endorse. So I got to know, who's the biggest celeb you have in your phone?
1: In my phone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's an actual very good friend of mine. I'd say. Uh, I say
0: phone number. I don't care if they're a friend or not. Oh,
1: let's see. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if some of these phone numbers are still active or not. Active, but I feel like a friend of a friend used to like give me phone numbers. Not that I would ever use them. Oh, here's one, Mila Kunis. Oh, that's a good one. That's a
0: cool. one. That's a huge one.
1: Um, but no, I would never call Mila Kunis. <laughs> <laughs> dex who's the biggest
2: person you have in your phone would you say
1: oh, oh and i have princess eugenie
2: wow that's a cool that's, one
0: i think that's almost
2: she and
1: i've had a new york night together that's a fun
2: one what you guys do
1: we were at number eight in like and then she was there i was with a friend of mine and i reckon i was like that voice that sounds so familiar i was like oh okay and i was with my friend michelle and after you know eugenie took a liking to us she was like well where are you guys going and michelle was staying in soho at the time so we just went back and just had another drink and i felt so nervous at first because again i worked at us weekly and I, i've never wanted to hide what i do i'm proud of what i did so we're in the cab all of a sudden her protection officer like comes out of the side escorts us into a cab he's in the front the three of us are in the back i think this was probably before uber and um all of a sudden i like nudge michelle i'm like michelle you have to tell her where i work and so michelle's just like hey you know Allie's a good friend of mine but she works at us weekly and you would have it was like oh my gosh but
0: but like oh my gosh bad or oh my gosh just like
1: nervous like you're I'm hanging out with somebody I don't know. And she works, obviously, that magazine's known around the world. And I was just like, listen, I'm here just having fun. Like, you're an awesome girl. Uh, let's just, you know, I'm not doing anything tonight. Don't worry. Like, You you didn't do anything tonight. Like, I just, it's awesome to get to know you. And we kind of stay friendly. Yeah. Like, nothing ever, not that anything happened. But, you know, I just, I told my boss that I hung with her. And that was it. And I now we're now Instagram friends. <laughs> awesome!
0: I found I That's found a phone cool. number I don't even remember putting in here. Hulk Hogan. I don't remember putting Hulk Hogan in my phone. And I just came across it right now. I'm like, hey, I got Hulk Hogan's number in here.
2: <laughs> That's cool. You know a number I have, and I've had this. This number does not work because I've had it for like 16 years. I have Robert Downey Jr. Oh, oh that's wow, a that's a huge um, one. When I worked at the Howard Stern show, they had to sign releases, so I took the number he put on his release. You're hilarious.
1: <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I feel like friends of friends would have these numbers, and I'm like, not that I'm ever going to need it, but just to put it in my phone. Just, I feel like I might have Reese, too.
2: You have Reese? I feel like you Reese would pick up the phone if he called her. She seems nice.
1: Oh, I do have Reese, but I'm not calling her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Just give her a text and be like, "Hey Reese, what's up?" and see if she responds. Hey
0: Reese, you know, I'm on a podcast. you want to join? Where we need a we need someone else. I love her. Like,
1: <laughs> I've I've been at a party with her in Nashville for the Country Music Awards, and she is just fun. Yeah, she's just yeah. A, her, like, well, there's, just there's a sweet, reason that she's
0: like America's sweetheart because she puts that puts that out there into the universe, you know. And she seems really genuine and sweet and nice. And I feel like that she does honestly care about other people, not just herself, you
2: know? who Who is the most difficult person you've ever, you've encountered?
1: Um, I don't think I've ever really had one of those instances where there's somebody that's difficult, or if I have, I've just completely blocked it out because the experience is probably so traumatic. But I remember my first red carpet ever was Bruce Willis.
0: Oh, that's a good guy. It was For your a first
1: charity carpet. event and he, like the reporter before me asked him something that he didn't like. So then it set him off, uh, the rest of the carpet. Like he was like kind of mean. So I just kind of stepped back. I was like, I'm good. I don't need to ask the question. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> even, even if my question was going to be like, how important is this charity to you? I was just like, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what What's the biggest story you've personally broken?
1: um i feel like there's at us it was really a collaborative affair like, maybe i had like a how little about a,
0: tip and how, i was gonna say how about you got a tip on a story that ended up being huge i
1: mean a rod and kate hudson splitting um i had somebody inside beyonce's and jay-z's wedding um, I was actually at the Nikki Beach Turks and Caicos opening and the wedding was happening, so I'm like getting stuff from there. Um I feel like I actually had brunch. This is more not a big store I got, but I she's now one of the biggest pop stars ever. So Ariana Grande. I'm
0: sorry who? Of- I don't Ari- I don't know. Ari- that. I don't know that name. <laughs> The way you looked at me,
1: <laughs> I was like, "Wait a second, is his connection still bad?" <laughs> <laughs> um. So I had brunch with her, her mom, and her brother, with her uh, two friends, and because she wanted to get into music, and she was still on Nickelodeon at the time, and her voice was just one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. You know, she has a pow- she is a powerhouse when it comes to singing. So we met, and then when they were coming to New York, I was like, come by the Us Weekly office. So they came by the Us Weekly office, and Gwen brought her to the beauty closet. She took so much stuff. And then I'd say about two years later, she now became you know, Ariana Grande, uh, bigger than life. And I swear, I can't find the emails, obviously, but I really feel like I had emailed Scooter about her. I was talking to everybody about her, and now she's like, on top of the world. So cool. But I can't find the email. Like if I found that email, it would be like, I, you know, helped this happen.
0: Did you, did you find that your connections would come and go based on where you worked?
1: Yes. I actually, my mom always said, you know, she always expected this industry to be superficial and have people just be so callous. But I found some of my best friends through this industry. And even in the times when I left us or even now we're going through COVID and majority of our staff got laid off. Everybody has been so amazing. And you really see the people that reach out and just like, how can I help? Some of the biggest publicists out there are like, how can I help you? What can I do? You're so lovely. Um, Anything I can do for you, let me know. So it's really reassuring that in an industry that is kind of smoke and mirrors and a lot of fake because it's Hollywood and movies, movies are not real. Um, it's a, gr- it I would not change anything.
2: Yeah. Are publicists, are they cool to you or do they try to keep you away? Or like what's your relationship with publicists? Are they scared of you? Or are they, you know, how does it work? Or you
1: me? Ah, you yeah. See me in person. Are they scared of me?
2: <laughs> well,
1: at the end of the day, you, you
2: know, I, publicists hate me you know but it sucks it's i trust me i try to be cool publicists i try to be so good to them i try to kiss their ass but they still always try to keep me at arms distance and i try to help them out in some ways but at the end of the day they sh- in my opinion they should be sort of kissing my ass a little bit or at least be nice to me because I can kind of control the narrative with sometimes with their celebrities. I actually sometimes could find out I could find out more dirt on their people a lot of times. And um, it's they take away sometimes in my personal opinion, they take away some opportunities from them. So what is, you know, from you? Are they sometimes intimidated from you? Not just because you're a nice girl, but, you know, your role, because you can you do have power in some ways.
1: Yeah, I think. There's a wide range. You know, you have your event publicist, you have your venue publicist, you have your personal publicist. And for the most part, a lot of across that board, I'm good friends with. And it goes back to me being that trustworthy person where I would always be upfront. I was never trying to get like I was never trying to cause more harm to their client. If that wasn't our, you know, if a client did something stupid that was on them and we just found out about it. And a lot of times the PR would be rational and just be like, okay, but you know, can you do this? Or here's a comment or off record this. Like, you know, I think it's just being having that open dialogue. And I've learned that as I've progressed in this career, because I used to be petrified when I would have to comment call. I would be sweating, I would have Jen in my office, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like we have to do this, like I hate this, or just waiting for that email back just for when you send like, Hey, so so and so was caught making out and it wasn't his wife, you know.
0: Do you do you feel though that a lot of publicists have lost the power they once had because of social media? Like what, why does Reese Witherspoon need to put out a statement through a publicist when she can just go on Twitter now?
1: Because I think a publicist can still control the narrative a bit. Like, Think about how many people can misconstrue a quote on Instagram or just take one little snippet of it. And I think that there's more to be said from just a post on Instagram. Like, You still need those today's show appearances or on a red carpet. But that,
0: that's just like booking. That's not even like being, you know, like I, I don't know. For me, I, I insisting feel insisting to do that. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like publicists just aren't in demand like they used to be because celebs are taking a lot of it into their own hands. Like, let's be realistic. Cardi B, she she doesn't need someone speaking for her. Cardi B will put out whatever she wants whenever she wants. I also feel like she almost doesn't even have to do appearances because she's way interesting on social media that everything she says gets covered anyway. And it's, she's going to get more coverage on her own account saying what she wants than going on 14, you know, shows.
1: True. But I do think that if, if they're not necessarily there to book them or do that, I think that they're soundboard and publicists are always going to be the expert in like somebody's, Person, like public uh, uh, view. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're going to be, they're still important, but I'm sure that their industry has been shifting as well. Like we've all had to shift and turn with social media exactly to that point. You know, as a writer, a lot of the material out there is all aggregated and less and less outlets are finding the, the original reporting. You know, I'm not mad at it because I love the interview aspect, And I, again, hated that part of it. But I think so so many places are so quick to just pick up on one little clickbait item. And a lot of places aren't verifying the facts. And so I think a publicist is there because you're not going to, you know, Reese Witherspoon could post something or Cardi B can post something on Instagram, but there might be backstory to it. And you need you're not going to get Cardi B on the phone unless she's in your phone deck's and uh (laughs) she
0: she is not unfortunately but that would be an awesome one
1: (laughs) need to go to that the mouthpiece and the person who knows all that's going on in that person's life um you know because everyone's always going to want more think about Chrissy Teigen's heartbreaking post on Instagram with John I'm sure her publicist was going crazy calls to like, you know, want to further that story. How is she doing now? You know, she's been off social media for a little bit. Um, so I think that there's always going to be a need for an agent and a manager and a publicist and a social media person and an assistant and hair and makeup and all of it.
2: Uh, I want to ask you the last, you know, I, and for years, you know, I think everyone's seen the word sources and sites and magazines and stories. What, who are the sources? Is that what we have to legally write there? It's like using the word allegedly. Like it's it, w- the term sources. What do we mean by that?
1: How that, I mean, that was predated like long before we were doing this. Yeah. Work. Um, I have, I guess it was the source of the information, and that's how they got that name. And I mean, it, we, it could literally be any, it could be an onlooker, an insider, a friend a club goer a source I mean it was like all different adjectives for the same thing
0: I think it's just a good way because it sounds more enticing when it's a source rather than the doorman at the hotel said this you know
2: like
1: (laughs) give it away yeah like they could narrow down who that doorman is it's just a way to keep everything anonymous
2: yeah, it doesn't sound like, oh, the busboys said that they were, seemed like they were dating. So no one's gonna be like, oh, right, now we're listening to a busboy, but listen, a busboy pretty much wrote that story. Uh, it's, uh, it's cool. So, my last thing is this, and this is something me and Dax talked about last week on the podcast. We constantly see celebrities now doing photo shoots and like stories, more like photo shoots for magazines nobody reads. Like, what is up with this? Why are, what's this trend that people are doing these, you know, obviously the magazine industry has been kind of taking a hit in the last few years, but why, why are celebrities doing these photo shoots for magazines that nobody reads?
1: Um, I mean, I can't know for sure, but I always say that nowadays, like the bigger publications or websites to really kind of make your name, you need a niche, like you need to, the smaller publications are probably thriving because they're free. You know, they know where their audience, they know that a lot of times they're free publications. I don't know the ones that you're referring to, but I think a smaller publication is going to be more willing to work with the celeb and they can more maybe control their story, the headline, the photos a bit better than going to, A much bigger more established publication who's like no you should be honored that you're on my cover
0: yeah but like yeah you can control the narrative and the photos but like for no one to see it though like that's the crazy part
1: but they're smart in the sense that someone will see it because they're going to post it so it goes back to social media and you know kim kardashian just did grazia italia which obviously grazia is not a small publication it's massive Um, And it's all over the world. But that went, you know, somebody here isn't necessarily going to go buy Grazia Italia. So Kim posted it. You get her interview online. You get her uh, posting the photos. And you go search the website.
2: Yeah, it's uh, Dax. We should just come up with some bullshit magazine and just try to see who will come into a photo shoot. Start for us. up the
0: Hollywood Rob magazine and just call it HR <laughs> Mag, and people will be like, "Ooh, it's a magazine! I need to get a photo shoot for it." I really think that there's just the allure of it being a print magazine at the at this point.
2: Yeah,
1: actually picked up um, for the first time in the longest time, in Us Weekly, and it is so thin.
0: Mm-hmm. We t- we just talked about this, like. Uh, I think Us Weekly really should be focusing on the online thing because that's where everyone's going these days. I, I realize that there's like this nostalgia to like the paper magazine. There's a lot of like older people that don't know how to go search the internet that pick up an Us Weekly, but it's really sad how thin it's gotten over there. It's like 20 sheets now.
1: Yeah, across the board, everything is so thin, and I'm I'm sad that it's a digital world now because I do love a magazine. I do love a book. I was the one when traveling, I would go literally buy like three or four monthlies. And at that point they were so heavy, but I would just like lug them through the airport because I would just sit by the pool or wherever I was traveling on the plane. And I just think that there's something missing about being in front of a computer screen all day. I mean, kids are now seeing it with zoom calls for class and getting extra screen time.
2: Yeah. Well, Allie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Allie, again, is an accomplished entertainment reporter. She's worked for tons of outlets like OK Magazine, Us Weekly, Hello Magazine. She's broke countless stories. Uh, You can find Allie at A-P-U-L-I-T-I on Instagram. She's a fun follow. Keep up with her. Allie, again, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. It's good to see a Jersey girl crushing it in the entertainment news world.
1: Thanks, guys. Talk soon.
2: What do we always say? We like talking to these people. I feel like from our experience, people enjoy hearing the reporters talk about their stories and the other side of the business. Because we, you know, unfortunately, and you know, a lot of the celebrity's voice is polarized when it comes to how people break stories in in the industry. But now you hear from the people who actually break the stories. And she had a big role in all these outlets. I mean, she was the managing news editor. She was, she was a. She's a big deal, you know, in the news world. And she's broke countless stories.
0: I think I was most surprised about the Anguilla story. I Yeah. Mostly because I I guess I didn't realize some of the lengths that these companies would go through to get stories. We just didn't do that at TMZ. And I'm not saying that, you know... We just did it differently. We mostly because I think they were just cheap and they weren't going to send someone to Angu- Anguilla.
2: True. Yeah. No. A hundred percent true. But, but then there's uh, the other reason why why a lot of those outlets aren't doing so well anymore because they sent people for these expensive <laughs> trips and didn't get the return on of investment.
0: Yeah. I just felt like all of like TMZ was like phone, phone, phone. Get on phone, phone. You know, like call people, call people. So I mean, I know that there's definitely stories I can think of where it was a, a like stakeout type situation but it wasn't a common thing ever so i don't know to me that was the most fascinating part of the conversation for me
2: that still happens all the time i have a friend who they re- not recently before the pandemic they made them stay at the greenwich hotel to do a story and met leblanc uh, and see if he was possibly drinking at the time because he was staying at the hotel for a while. So they wanted to see what he was doing. So they just put her up at the Greenwich Hotel, which is a ve- one of the most expensive hotels in New York City. And it's crazy that the, the money they put into trying to break these stories. But you got to wonder is like, how much information can you really get? I mean, I'm sure they've done well in some cases, but the other time, like, if I was in that position, the pressure to come back after they spent. How much money on you, and you didn't right. come back with a lot of stories or sources or anything. It's, it's not an easy situation. It's, no, it's I agree. very pressure. I agree, it's agree, a lot I agree. of pressure on that. Uh, but guys, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We have some huge guests coming in the month of November. Um, we are. Uh, like we got some big things coming. I'm really um, excited. We got some. Yeah, we got some very cool things happening. Uh, we will talk more once it happens, um, and that should be pretty much next week um, you can find <laughs> me at, at Adam Glynn uh, you can find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt thank you and shout out to our friends at Sun River Botanicals at Sun River Botanicals if you're into CBD follow them they're the best in the biz and you can see us later a Media production.